are uh, a little different, right? Our fifth Sunday family of worship, uh, we're excited to, uh, to do this um, and excited to do it throughout the year. It's an opportunity for you and your family to, uh, to certainly to worship together. Now, one thing that happened is on your way in, uh, each child should have received uh, one of these little green booklets. Did you get them? Hold them up, kids. Hold them up, hold them up. Okay. If you did not get one, raise your hand and we will make sure that you... Okay, we got a couple. They'll, they'll come in and get you a book, okay? So what we're going to do is this. I'm causing a lot of feedback here. This is something that you'll be able to follow along with what we're talking about today. Uh, I call this a... Well, I didn't make it up. It's actually uh, from Child Evangelism Fellowship. Um, and they created this book. It's called The Wordless Book. And so it's full of just colors. And so what we're going to do is each color is going to remind us about something. And we're going to talk about it. And every time we go to a new page, I'm going to ask you to find the page and just hold it up real high for me so that I know that you're with me. Um, And you'll also receive something on your way out too. And so today we're going to be talking about our VBS theme. Our VBS theme. Before we get into that and before we read some scripture... Will you bow in prayer with me? Let's pray. Our God, thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank you so much for our families, uh, each one that is represented here. I thank you for the opportunity to get together to worship. Uh, Lord, it's exciting to do that. Uh, It's exciting to to shower you with blessings, Father. And So we are uh, just pleased to be here. Thank you for all you do in our our lives. Lord, we pray now as we look uh, into your word and uh, our challenge from Scripture uh, that you will be honored and glorified. It's your son's precious name. We ask all these things. Amen. All right, so we're going to be talking about God's promises. God's promises. That is the theme for our VBS this year. Uh, And so the theme verse, uh, and I don't have it up here for you on the screen, but the the theme verse is Hebrews 10, 23. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. God is faithful, and he's made promises to us. And what we've come to find out is this, that God keeps his promises. And so we're going to start on our journey today. So everybody hold up your books. Everybody hold your books. I want you to find the gold page. Turn to the gold page and hold it up real high for me, okay? Very good. So, you can put put those down. The gold page reminds me of a place that is absolutely beautiful. It reminds me of a place that is just amazing to be. In fact, some people give it different names. They call it paradise. They call it the big house, the pie in the sky. It's, in fact, God's home. We're talking about heaven. Now think about this. Think about who God is. God is the creator of the universe. He literally spoke things into existence. He said, okay, I need this. And so he spoke it and it happened. And so you can imagine someone, someone with such power, who is all powerful, all knowing, you can imagine his house pretty awesome. And so what we find out is this in Revelation 21, 4 about, about heaven. It says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no death or mourning or crying or pain. Can you imagine if you never had to cry again? If you never had to worry about stubbing your foot and, 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 and just being upset or, or losing a loved one and mourning? That's what heaven is going to be like. It's perfect, much like the Garden of Eden. You guys have heard the story, right? Adam and Eve, they were in the garden and it was absolutely perfect. It was paradise. 
Revelation goes on to say about heaven that it shone with the glory of God. This is the author talking about heaven. And its brilliance was like that, a very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It was beautiful. It had a great high wall with 12 gates. And with 12 angels in the gates, on the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Then what happens is that the book goes on to say, and the author describes heaven as just being absolutely huge, bigger than you could possibly ever imagine. And the walls were uh, clear, and, and they were like perfect diamonds. And if you've ever seen Mom with some jewelry on, you know what diamonds look like, right? The streets were paved with pure gold, and pure gold like crystal where you can actually see through a transparent glass. But the most interesting thing I find about heaven is this, and he says this in chapter 21. He says, I didn't see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Get this, the city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine. For God gives it light. Can you imagine not needing the sun, not needing the moon? Why? Because God is there and he is totally amazing and bright. You know, heaven is what we all want. It's what we all aspire for. It is what we're going after. And, and, and when we try as hard as we can uh, to, to, to try to earn it, but there is no way to earn it. We try and we try. I don't know how many of you have ever watched uh, this movie. You'll uh, see this little guy. You guys ever seen that little guy? Yeah? What's his name? It's Scrap, right? Yeah. I, I didn't know if I got that right. But this Now, is that a squirrel? I think it's a squirrel, right? Okay. I love this guy. He's a hilarious. What what is what is Scrat's goal? What is he trying to do? He's trying to get an acorn, right? And his life is like he's he's just trying his hardest to get the acorn. But guess what we find out? And this is because of the movie, because they want to keep making more, and I can continue to watch it and laugh, and but he's never gonna get that acorn. He's going to try and try and try, and the movie keeps going because he's never going to quite get it. You can take that down. But we'll, we could all watch it uh, for, the, for the rest of the time. He's trying as hard as he can to get that thing, but he can never get it. He can never, he can never be good enough, do enough things to get it. You know, heaven is like that for you and us. We, 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 we can try. We can be as good as we possibly can, but we're never going to earn heaven because heaven is perfect. Jesus is perfect. God is perfect. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker. We are not perfect. But what's the big deal about that? Listen to this. Revelation 21, 27. This is talking about heaven. Nothing impure will ever enter heaven. The one thing that cannot be in heaven is sin. We're going to go to the black page. Turn to your books in the black page. Okay. So, how many of you have ever heard of the word sin? You've probably all heard of the word sin, right? And you probably have a kind of a working definition in your mind. Now, you put your hands down. So, sin is actually an archery term. And so, what I thought we would do is, I'm going to see if any of our kids uh, want to come up. And let's see. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, anybody want to try shooting bow and arrow? All right. Am, am I pushing the envelope? <laughs> Everybody's heading for the exits. All right, so, so here, put your hands up, put your hands up. So here's what I thought. Um, probably shouldn't do that. 
So we're, we're going to put this here. Um, but I have a backup plan. All right? Um, okay, darts are going to save them. And not with the metal tip. Plastic darts. Okay? Uh, how many of you have ever thrown darts before? Okay? How many of you want to throw some darts now? Okay, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, I Luke, come on up, buddy. All right. Oh, come on. <laughs> Luke, come on up. All right. So here's what we're going to do. You are going to take these darts. Okay? Um, and you stand back there. Okay? If I need to use a handheld, I will, I will use one if I need to. Okay? So I'm going to hold this up. All right? And you're, and you're going to throw. Hold, hold on. Hold this just for a second. Okay, so I'm good. I've got my safety glasses on. So, so here's what we're going to do, okay? Uh, what's up? So, oh, 20, right? Okay, so you are going to try, and you're going to try to hit a bullseye. Don't, don't do it yet. So he's going to try to shoot. Do I look good? These glasses are fogging. Um, he's going to try to hit a bullseye, all right? You must hit a bullseye. There's no chance. There's, there's no choice. You must hit a bullseye. And so what's going to happen is this. If you hit the bullseye, I'm going to give you five dollars. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you all wish you would have volunteered, right? Okay. So now, but but here's the deal. You have no. You have to hit the bullseye. If you do not, you owe me five dollars. See, that's not that bad, right? Okay. So now, this could be the mother of all backfires, and he might get three in a row, and I don't have that much money on me. Okay, so we'll have to settle up later. But I'm going to bank on it that you are not going to. I'm a little here. All right. So, bullseye. Okay. Are you good for it? You got, you got money in your pocket? All right. You better. All right. Let's see. Let's have a bullseye. Yeah. It's a money making deal here. Yeah. yeah that's right. Back away from the spot. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you one more shot. Okay. You got enough money to cover that? Oh, that was close. But not close enough, sir. <laughs> hey, up, big guy. Thank you very much. All right, you can have a seat. Thank you for, thank you for trying, but you didn't quite. I can hit this off now. Wow, that was weird. Ten bucks. Ten bucks just for preaching. That's not bad. See, he had a penalty when he missed the bullseye, right? And now what we know is this. I set Luke up. He, it was impossible. Not, well, not physically impossible, but maybe if I gave him like 30, 30 uh, darts and I said, you have to hit the bullseye all 30 times, it's just physically impossible. He wasn't gonna, there's no chance that he could ever do it. See, sin is literally missing the mark. So if you're, if you're shooting a bow and arrow or you're throwing a dart, it's missing the mark of perfection that God has for us. Yes, it's, it's doing those wrong things that you and I do. And by the way, what we know is that we have all sinned. The Bible says that we have all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Look, it's impossible to be perfect. It's impossible to hit that bullseye each and every time. And so just like Luke had to pay a penalty, if he didn't hit the bullseye, he had to give me $5. And now I have $10 sitting on the podium and now I can take my family out to the lunch at McDonald's or something. <laughs> but the penalty, there was a wage to it. The wages of sin is death. The penalty, the wage for missing that bullseye was that he had to give me money. 
So the wage of sin is death. And by the way, we've all sinned, right? Your mom and dad have sinned. You have sinned. I have sinned. Everybody in this world has sinned. And the wage of sin is death. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean, okay, you say a lie and you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I did clean my room and you fall over dead. Okay? That doesn't work like that. Death here means separation. It means that you and I, even though we want heaven, we want to be in heaven, we want to be where God is, there is sin in our lives. And when we have sin, that separates us from God. Our sin, my sin, your sin, we cannot go to heaven. And be with God because of that. But that's a, that's a big, big problem. But we have the red page to talk about. Hold up your red pages. Red page. Everybody got red pages? All right. Go ahead. Put them down. Did you know that there's no problem that's too big for God? And by the way, the problem of sin didn't take God by surprise either. God knew that it would happen. He knew that we would sin. And so he had a plan all the way back to the beginning of time, Genesis 3.15, he says, you know what? I'm going to promise you. Remember, our theme is about promise. I'm going to promise you that I'm going to help you with this problem. And guess what? He had a plan. That plan was Jesus Christ, God's Son. The plan was that God would send His Son to this earth to take the form of a man, to live a perfect life. To hit that bullseye that you and I could not hit. And to die for our sins. That's what the, the red symbolizes the blood of Christ. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness. But there had to be a payment. Right? God said, you know what? I'm going to pay that payment. Luke, come here, buddy. Luke gave me five bucks. He paid the penalty. He doesn't have to pay. All right? And by the way, I think everybody knows this is set up. You can keep that. Okay? <laughs> the penalty was paid for him. The penalty of sin... For you and I is death, complete separation from God for eternity, and that payment had to be paid, and Jesus paid it. There's an old song that says, Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe. We owed a debt we couldn't pay, but what we needed was someone to take our sins away. And when God says, I'm going to send my son and I'm going to take your sins away by the shedding of the blood, that means we can be forgiven. You may not understand totally what that word means, but when you mess up and you say, I'm sorry, and you say, will you forgive me? Somebody says, I'm not going to hold that against you anymore. Your sin is not going to be held against you when you put your faith and your trust in God. Ephesians 1, 7 says this, that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We have forgiveness through Jesus. See, that promise is that we have. That, that's the promise that we hold on to when we seek forgiveness, that it is there. Which forgiveness leads us to the white page. Go ahead and, and uh, open up your, your pages to the white page. I have one more thing for us here. And we're going to talk about this in just a second. So the white page. The Bible says this in John. You can put your, put your books down. The Bible says this in John 1.12. That if we believe in Him, in Jesus, we will become a child of God. When we become a child of God, then we get all the inheritance. We get the rights to the, the, the inheritance, which is heaven, from our God. You can go ahead and turn that off. All right, is that better? That's a little better. Sorry. Thank you for uh, enduring that. God says, I will take your sins away. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just 
to forgive us of sin. All that sin that keeps us from God. That separates us from God for eternity. It says, no, no, you can't go to heaven because of your sin. He says, I'm going to take it. So, here's what we have here. Um, is we have this bottle of water. And as you can see, um, it looks kind of nasty, right? It's, it's kind of tinted. Now, if I gave this to one of you, would you drink it? Yeah. No. Uh, for $5, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> or 10 By the way, I'm not giving away any more money, so uh, my pockets are empty. So, if you look at this bottle of water, it, it's, it's stained, really. It, it's, it's, it's not pure. And, and if you think of our lives like this bottle of water, before Christ says, you know, uh, before we say yes to Christ, it, it, our, our lives are stained. They're, they're, they're stained with sin, and it's what keeps us away from God for eternity. But here's what we find out is that this clean, pure, spotless water, and imagine it is, but it came out of the faucet back there, so I don't know. But imagine it is. Right? It's clean, it's spotless. When we say, Jesus, I do believe in you. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to cleanse me of all sin. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Because I want to be in heaven with you. I want to be where you are going to be. I want you to take all my sins away. He says, okay, I'm going to come into your heart. And I'm going to cleanse you. You'd drink that, wouldn't you? I mean, it's clean. I wouldn't even need to give you any money. I wouldn't even need to bribe you. God says, you know what? When you say... I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that your son came and died and lived the perfect life. And, and he was a sacrifice for you and for me. And he took all that sin. He took it all the way to all that impurity, those stains. And he cleanses us from that sin. See, our sins will be taken away and we say yes to him. And when we say yes to him, you know the most famous verse in the Bible. It'll be up here for me. And I want you to read it with me. John 3, 16. Everybody read it with me. For God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, You talk about a promise. A promise that, that, that you know. You can take it to the bank. You know a promise that God never went back on any of his promises before. And here he gives the mother of all promises. And he says, look, I gave. I gave my song for you because I loved you. And when you believe in me, that is you put your faith and your trust. You say, yeah, you know what? Jesus was who he said he was. He, I understand he, he came and he lived the perfect life. And he died on the cross. But he didn't stay dead. He defeated sin. He defeated death. And he arose from the grave. When you say, yes, I believe in that. And I want to follow Jesus with my life. Guess what he says? He says, you will have not just life. You'll have what life? Eternal life. Now that is a promise. You know that each one of you, right here this morning, can make that decision to have eternal life. Where there's no separation between us and being able to go to heaven where God is and where he will be and where we will be forever. If we say yes to him, you can do that right here. And I'm not just talking to kids. I'm talking to us all. The gospel is for everybody. You may say, okay, well, I've got to repeat some prayer. I've got to come forward. No. There's not a magic prayer. There's nothing magic up front that is going to give you anything. It is a faith in your heart. And you say, yes, I do believe. The Bible says that all that call in the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, well, we got one more page left. And it's not really a page. It's the cover, right? 
Hold up your books. What color is it? Green. It's green. Green, it may be the end of the book, but here's the thing. It's not the end of the story. Because the story is not over. When we become a follower of Christ, we say yes to Him, and we don't just forget about what we've done. We end up growing, or we should, grow in our faith. Look, we have a plant back there. Um, and that, from this distance, I can't tell. It may or may not be fake. But if it's real, that plant is going to need water. A plant, if you go outside and you try to plant something and you don't give it any water, it's not going to grow. The same thing is true for you and for me, each one of us. That In order for us to grow, there are certain things that we can do and that we should be doing. And that is this. We should be reading our Bible. Each one of you probably has a Bible in your house, if not multiple Bibles, and you probably have it in your pocket as well because you can get it on your mobile device, uh, anything that you can download on your computer. We all have a Bible, and we all would probably agree that the Bible is important, but are we in it? We can grow by reading the Bible. We can grow by talking to our God, by communicating with Him. We call that prayer. We can, we can grow by fellowshipping, by being with people of like faith, and getting to know each other and helping each other on our journey. And, 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 and then we can also grow by telling others about Jesus. You know, that's what we did today. I told you the greatest story that has ever been told about the greatest promise that has ever been given. I told you about that's what we, That's why you have that book. But here's the other cool thing that you're going to do. On the way out, each child, sorry adults, each child is going to get a bracelet. Okay? And the bracelet has the same colors. In fact, they added a few. Um, but it's a, it's a wordless bracelet. And on the back of this card, it will tell you how you can share the same story with your friends. Or maybe with your mom and dad. Or maybe with your grandpa. Or your grandma. You can share this story. So make sure on your way out, you get one of these. But other people need to know about Jesus Christ. And you can do that. Look, parents... I want to speak specifically to you for just a short second. Sometimes it, it, it's the simplest things in life. Sometimes it's the simplest stories that become the most profound things. Sometimes it's the simplest stories that become the most profound stories that we will ever hear in our lives. This is that story. While we may have done different things with it and we had uh, visuals and, 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 and all these things to help keep our attention. Look, that story is not just a story. It's not just to make you feel good about your kids or your kids to feel good about themselves. It is history. Jesus did die for your sins. He was a sacrifice for our sins and he defeated sin and he defeated death and he rose from the grave. That has not been disproven and will not be. So you do have to make a decision. Anytime you are confronted with the truth, we, we make a decision. Well, the decision may be, oh, okay, well, I've heard it and I've already responded and that's great. So you should walk away from here worshiping God. You may be here this morning and you go, okay, I've heard it, but I, I haven't responded. I'm not too sure about it. You can be sure. Talk to somebody. Talk to myself, Pastor Larry, and anyone here that you know is a Christian. You can be sure when you leave here today that you will be having an inheritance in heaven. Don't leave here without making a decision to follow Christ. At this moment, I'm going to ask... Uh, our, uh, our deacons to bring over the uh, communion table. This is one of the things that I really look forward to during our fifth Sunday family worship. Now, I, I, I realize, I understand it's different. 
And I understand your kids are in here, and uh, I understand it can be difficult. And uh, believe me, it's not our intention to create any more difficulty than what you already have with your kids. Okay? I, I, I have kids. Uh, they were really little at one time, and you know, every once in a while, you want to, you know, do one of these. Um, try not to. But what I do feel is this. I think you would all agree with me. It's important that we as families, we worship together. I think that's important. I think it's important for your kids to see you worship. And I, I, I think it's important that we hear the word of God together. You can be riding home today and say, man, t- tell me a little bit more about that story. Do you remember what the green page was? All these kind of things. And I also believe it's, it's really important for us to have communion together. So parents, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave it in your hands to decide if your child is ready for communion. I'm going to ask our gentlemen to come forward that are going to help us. And as they're coming forward today, I'll help you figure that out. You say, well, how am I going to know if my child is ready? Well, the first question you need to ask yourself is, have they made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ? Are are, are they a Christian? Uh, Those are only things that probably you can answer between you and your child. And and, and, and the other thing, and, and you have to ask that of yourself as well. The other thing is this, they also have to understand what communion is. So just while, so we're all on the same page, let me just explain a little bit about what communion is. Okay, In front of us, we'll have uh, the bread and the cup. And this communion is a celebration of remembrance. It's symbolic. The grape juice, it is grape juice. But it does represent the blood of Christ. We remember the sacrifice. The bread is bread or a wafer, but it does represent the body of Christ. This meal was in fact instituted by Jesus Christ himself, and it is something that you and I should be doing, right? And in fact, we should always be, always be remembering and celebrating what Jesus did for us at the cross. And so this is a great time to do it as a family. So if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, and we invite you to partake of the communion table with us. We will pass the bread and wait till all are served and then pass the cup and wait till all are served. And what we want to make sure is we come to the table in a worthy manner. That is that you have any, you've confessed any sin to God that you come to this table in a pure way. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off just with a moment of silence where you can communicate just with you and God to make sure you come to the table in a right manner. Then after just a few moments, I'm going to ask Pastor Larry to Give thanks for the bread. So will you bow with me?